This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of congenital dislocation of the knee from the pediatric section on orthobullets.com. Congenital dislocation of the knee is a spectrum of disease, including positional contractures, as well as rigid dislocation. Again, congenital dislocation of the knee is a spectrum of disease, including positional contractures and rigid dislocation. Structural components include quadriceps tendon contracture, anterior subluxation of the hamstring tendon, absent suprapatellar pouch, and tight collateral ligaments. Congenital dislocation of the knee often occurs in children with a myelomeningocele, arthrogryposis, as well as Larsen syndrome. Associated conditions include developmental dysplasia of the hip, and keep in mind that 50% will have hip dysplasia affecting one or both hips. Other associated conditions include clubfoot, as well as metatarsus adductus. The classification of congenital dislocation of the knee is the Tarek CDK classification, which is graded by passive range of flexion and radiographic appearance, and this can guide treatment. The Tarek CDK grading system is divided into three grades, where grade 1 has a range of passive flexion of greater than 90 degrees and the radiology shows simple recurvatum. Grade 2 shows a range of passive flexion of between 30 to 90 degrees and radiology shows subluxation slash dislocation. And grade 3 shows a range of passive flexion of less than 30 degrees and radiology shows dislocation. Patients with congenital dislocation of the knee present with hyperextended knees at birth. Treatment of congenital dislocation of the knee can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative treatment includes reduction with manual manipulation and casting. This is indicated for Tarek grade 1 injuries and the initial treatment for Tarek grade 2 injuries up to one month of age. Keep in mind that most cases can be treated non-operatively. In the case that both the knee and the hip is dislocated, then treat the knee first. Again, if both the knee and the hip are dislocated, then treat the knee first, as you can't get the pavlic harness on the hip if the knee is dislocated. Again, if both the knee and hip are dislocated, treat the knee first because you can't get the pavlic harness on the hip if the knee is dislocated. The technique for non-operative treatment involves long leg casting on a weekly basis. Operative treatment involves surgical soft tissue release, and this is indicated if there's failure to gain 30 degrees of flexion after three months of casting. Again, surgical soft tissue release is indicated if there's a failure to gain 30 degrees of flexion after three months of casting. Surgical soft tissue release is also indicated for Tarek grades 2 that are identified after one month, and also for Tarek grade 3, and in all recurrent cases. The goal of surgery is to obtain 90 degrees of flexion. This involves percutaneous quadriceps recession, quadriceps tendon lengthening with a VY quadriceps plasty or Z lengthening, anterior joint capsule release, hamstring tendon posterior transposition, and or collateral ligament mobilization. Postoperatively, after a surgical soft tissue release, you will cast these patients in 45 to 60 degrees of flexion for three to four weeks. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A seven-month-old child presents to your office with his parents for follow-up. He underwent serial manipulations and casting previously for a bilateral congenital knee dislocation. On exam today, you are unable to passively flex his knees beyond 30 degrees. His hip x-rays are normal. A radiograph of the bilateral knees obtained today shows bilateral knee dislocations. How would you proceed with treatment at this time? And the choices are 1. Observation, 2. Serial casting and subsequent bracing, 
three, closed reduction and casting, four, open reduction, and five, delayed surgical correction until walking age. The correct answer to this question is four, open reduction. So a congenital knee dislocation that cannot be passively reduced beyond 30 degrees of flexion should be treated with open reduction, typically at six months of age and before age one. To quickly review, congenital dislocations of the knee are often linked to neuromuscular disorders and are typically associated with other musculoskeletal anomalies, including ACL deformities and quadriceps contractures. For example, individuals with Larsen syndrome may be born with club feet, as well as hip, knee, and elbow dislocations. In younger children with congenital knee dislocations, conservative management is often successful, whereas older children often require surgical correction. Coe et al. provided a case series of 24 congenital knee dislocations that were treated with closed reduction, that is immediate reduction, serial casting, or traction over a seven-year period. They reported excellent results with an average follow-up of about five years in patients without other musculoskeletal conditions versus fair or poor results when treatment was delayed or associated with additional musculoskeletal conditions. Finally, they recommend screening for hip dislocation and if both exist, addressing the knee dislocation first. Abdelaziz et al. proposed a protocol for the management of congenital knee dislocations based on the degree of flexion. They treated 21 congenital knee dislocations, five with serial casting, 12 with percutaneous quadriceps recession, and 4 with VY quadriceps plasty. They created a new grading system and concluded that serial casting be performed in G1 and G2 patients and continued if flexion beyond 90 degrees is achieved. In children diagnosed at greater than 1 month of age, percutaneous quadriceps recession should be performed, whereas VY quadriceps plasty is indicated in TARIC grade 3 patients or recurrences. Moving on to the next question. A mother brings in her six-month-old infant with a knee deformity. The child has previously been treated with serial casting and flexion for three months at an outside facility. Examination reveals passive hyperextension to 25 degrees and passive flexion to 15 degrees. A lateral radiograph shows congenital dislocation of the knee. What is the most appropriate next step in treatment? And the choices are 1. Serial above-knee casting and extension for four weeks. 2. Serial above-knee casting and flexion for four weeks. 3. Arthroscopic anterior cruciate ligament division followed by above knee casting. 4. Percutaneous quadriceps recession followed by above knee casting. And 5. Open VY quadriceps plasty followed by above knee casting. The correct answer to this question is 5. Open VY quadriceps plasty followed by above knee casting. So the clinical presentation is consistent with a recurrent grade 3 congenital dislocation of the knee that has not responded to casting in a 6-month-old infant. VY quadriceps plasty is the most appropriate next step in treatment. To quickly review, congenital knee dislocation is rare. The etiology is thought to be quadriceps contracture. It is associated with developmental dysplasia of the hip and club foot. In the newborn infant, casting or bracing with the knee inflection should be performed. If this fails, percutaneous or open VY quadriceps plasty followed by above-knee casting is indicated. Abdel Aziz et al. proposed a new grading system and treatment protocol as follows. 1. Serial casting for grade 1 regardless of age and in neonates with grade 2 less than 1 month old. If flexion to greater than 90 degrees is achieved within 4 weeks, then serial casting is continued. If range remains less than 90 degrees, percutaneous quadriceps recession is performed. 2. Percutaneous quadriceps recession is performed in grade 2 CDK in infants greater than 1 month of age upon presentation. 
and three VY quadriceps plasties indicated in patients with grade 3 CDK or in recurrent cases. Klingel et al. described ACL shortening and reinforcement in two patients with congenital knee dislocation who developed ACL incompetence due to elongation. They conclude that stabilizing and reinforcing the ACL may prevent long-term anterior instability, hyperextension, and recurrent deformity. And moving on to the final question, a two-day-old infant has a unilateral deformity characterized by hyperextension of the knee consistent with a congenital knee dislocation. X-rays show anterior translation of the tibia relative to the femur, also consistent with a congenital dislocation of the knee. An ultrasound image of the newborn also shows subluxation of the hip. What is the next best step in treatment of this patient? And the choices are 1. Manipulation and casting of the knee. 2. Pavlic harness application. 3. Spica casting. 4. Delayed reduction of the knee and the hip. And 5. Quadriceps tendon lengthening. The correct answer to this question is 1. Manipulation and casting of the knee. So the patient has a congenital dislocation of the knee and an ipsilateral hip dislocation. Treatment should start with knee manipulation and casting to obtain knee flexion and allow for subsequent pavlic harness application. Congenital dislocation of the knee is a rare condition that is associated with a variety of other musculoskeletal conditions. Patients will show obvious hyperextension of the knee, and imaging may show anterior translation of the tibia on the femur. Ipsilateral congenital hip dislocation is present in 70 to 100% of cases. In the setting of a dislocated knee and hip, knee hyperextension makes the treatment in a pavlic harness difficult and nearly impossible. The knee should be promptly addressed with manipulation and seroflexion casting. With knee flexion obtained, the patient should then be placed in a pavlic harness with the knee flexed as simultaneous treatment of the hip and the knee. Co. et al. followed 24 congenital knee dislocations treated non-operatively out to an average of 4 years and 10 months. Fair or poor results were seen in those patients with associated musculoskeletal anomalies or those in which treatment was delayed. They conclude that these patients should routinely be evaluated for hip dislocation and, if present, the knee dislocation should be reduced prior to treating the hip dislocation. Sunker et al. reviewed orthopedic conditions of the newborn. They state that congenital dislocation of the knee is associated with clubfoot, arthrogryposis, myelodysplasia, Larsen syndrome, and ipsilateral congenital hip dislocation. They state knee flexion should be addressed first, and as it improves, the patient can be placed in a pavlic harness to address both knee and hip dislocations. That's all for this review about congenital dislocation of the knee. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that this podcast is designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.